Welcome, everyone. I'm excited. Talking about love today, and, um, you know, coming up here doing this is something I do a lot. Like, I, I, I come up, I do what, what Nick just did, and just like I did with him, Rusty, I, it, it hits me right, right before, before I'm supposed to do it. But I'll be honest with you, I'm ready for it. So I think about it as I'm driving in, in case he does. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I hope he calls on me because I got some good stuff. And, and, he, and he doesn't, you know. And, but it's still kind of nerve-wracking. But, uh, you know, I've been public speaking for a while. And, you know, Christ came into my life. He found me and I found him. And there was a relationship that happened back in 1990. And um, it, is, it is amazing. I could tell you an evidence for God. Because a lot of folks say, oh, yeah, if I can't see it, if I, you know, well, how do you know? And I'm, here's how I know, is I have flaked out on every single interest and hobby since I was a little kid. And I have, you, there are plenty of people that could tell you that. One, one of my friends said, you have a seven-year span. Like, every seven years, you just transition into something else. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I do. But Jesus Christ has planted himself into my heart, and I've been growing ever since. And it's been painful, and it's been confusing, and it's been difficult. It's been um, joyful and beyond measure, but it's been a journey. And I can tell you from an evidence standpoint, even my dad, who's not a believer, he would tell you, he would say, man, he's like, wow, you're really, you're really uh, into this thing. And, you know, and so I was encouraged by that. But you know, as you grow... And something I found out this week, because we're just talking about love, the, one of the most platitude-generating subjects that mean different things to different people. And we're going to talk about what it means biblically to where I'm at, as I understand it right now. I'm going to tell you, through study this week, I had a certain frameworks blown out. And that's painful. I don't know if you guys have ever thought a certain way and it fit, and it was nice and neat, and the next thing you know, something challenges it, and you have to make a decision. You have to decide, am I going to explore this growth opportunity? Am I going to explore something that's new that might be better? Or am I going to hold on to what I know and what I'm comfortable with because I know that? It's safe. It's familiar. You ever been in that crossroads? I hit that crossroads this week on this subject, and part of me was nervous. I'm like, I can't do that. My whole sermon is based around this framework, and now it's just been blown apart. And I'm like, what if it's not as good as my old framework? What if I can't explain it? What if I can't communicate well? What if I can't experience it like I thought I was experiencing my old framework? And I'm like, here we go. Here we go. We're going into new territory, and it's been amazing. And I'm going to try to share some of that. Some, it, it, some of it's just a different way of looking at the same thing. And so love is such a, gosh, love. All you need is, I mean, Led Zeppelin. I, everyone, it's like you look over here. All of these, these rock and roll singers have sung a ballad or some song about love. What does it mean? I can tell you certain things. I can tell you that love is something that we were designed with, 100%. We were created to be loved. 
so that we could love others. That is one thing on lock. That's 100%. That is 100%. So let's go. Let's, let's, let's go. How, how, would you, how would I pray? I was thinking about this. How would, I'm just going to put it up on the, on, the, on the screen here. So if you go to the next slide. This is when you come and when you speak or when you want to communicate a message that you feel like God is wanting to speak through you or you feel like a truth that you think would be able to help out others as it's helped me, it's like I, I pray for your benefit here, okay? I just pray for it. And then the second prayer is for me, and that comes from Psalm 19. But the, the top prayers, you know, really for you is that if God has given you his son and you received it, then you received an interpreter for truth in the deepest parts of you. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's a, it's a who. And so the prayer is, is that you listen to the Holy Spirit so that what I say that is true touches your heart and changes your mind or it makes you better or it gives you a clearer picture. I also pray that that same Holy Spirit protects you from anything I say that might not be true, that might be an opinion. But either way, I trust him for that. Second one is I trust him for what I'm going to say. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's a cool ending of a, of a, of a prayer for sure. So, all right, so the next slide. Let's talk about love. Here's the thing. I had great teachers in college, and I remember a story that one of my teachers told, and it was about a family that um, was, was a really awesome pillar of the community type family. Lots of children, lots of grandchildren, generational respect for their elders, and this family just kept moving and chugging on down as time would go. And what they would do is they would come together for family dinners as it would, you know, around the holidays, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, this, this, like I said, this generations of, are flowing, and all of a sudden there's, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a day, I think it was a Thanksgiving, where they're having dinner, they're preparing dinner, and they're a pretty traditional family. So the, the women uh, really work in the kitchen to prepare. The men do their thing, whatever they're doing, pretty, pretty traditional. Anyway, they have, hand, they have the same thing every year, every year, every year. So now they're having it at, at, at one of the... Uh, one of the the, the, the pillar uncles, the, one that, you know, the ones coming up a couple generations down, and they're at their house that they've lived in for a couple years. Big house, filling, you know, supplies the needs for the family. And so they're in the kitchen, and they get the ham. They bring the ham in, and, and uh, they're cutting the ends off of the ham like they always do and glazing it the way they always did. And finally somebody says, why, why do we cut the ends off the ham? So... They, they ask, you know, sisters, why are we doing, why do we do this? And they go, I, I don't know. I don't know why we do it. So they asked their mother, why do we cut the ends off the ham? I'm like, I don't know. Why do we do that? She asked her mother who was there. So this is, and she's like, well, that's just the way we always do, we've always done it. So they're like, so the confusion hit. It's like, I, I don't understand why we do this. So, Great-great-grandpa's there. He's in his 90s. They brought him in from the nursing home. And they, they, they go to him. They go, this is kind of where it started. Hey, why did great-great-grandma, why did she cut the ends off the ham? And he said, oh, because the pan was too short. <laughs> now, we're talking years and years 
and years of doing something that was just the way it was. They took it for granted. They just assumed that was the way they did it. They didn't always know the reason behind it. I think love is one of these things that we, we learn new things about it, especially if you're young. Let's say you have children and you learn new things about love. Or let's say you pay, take on a new pet. You learn new things about love. Let's say you get a new car. You learn new things about love. I just bought a car, actually. Pastor Lexus, that's right. Love it. I love that car. I just got to be honest with you. I do not love that car as much as my son loves his car because it's awesome. All right? But if you have teenagers, then love becomes different. Love's, all of a sudden, love gets tougher sometimes. When you've got situations that you're trying to control and you're trying to influence and things aren't going your way, love becomes challenging. And then you start, what is love? So today, we're going to talk about what is love or how to, how to maybe take a different angle to look at it. Is It's easy to love people that you like. And there are a lot of dudes in this room that I just flat out like. Okay? I love them. But I work with some dudes that I don't necessarily care for that much. And I've run into situations where there are people that I don't match up with personality-wise that I, I just assume not be around. But I know I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to love them. I've had kids, defiant kids. I've had, I've had all kinds of challenges with people because I'm a people guy. I'm not afraid to engage people. And then sometimes people, believe it or not, don't like me. Can you believe that? I know. Something wrong with those people for sure. I got to be honest. I did not like that guy when I first met him. Jeremy Chastain. I don't know if you've ever met him. You probably don't like him, but once you get to know him, I know it. But I got to tell you, I did love him. I loved him even when I didn't like him. You know why? Because God loves him. And I know that. So I assume if God loves him, I should love him because I'm a Christian and I got Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm, but I don't feel it at the time. Just using him as an example. I'll explain later how I just love this dude. But sometimes it's hard to love people you don't like. Get on Facebook if you want to try to love people. That's about impossible, right? The nice thing about Facebook is you just unfollow them. Man, if they really irritate you, you can just unfriend them. Just cut them off. Or should you? I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you what. I still have. I just got blown apart my ideas of love a little bit in a good way. I'm growing. The old skin is sloughing off, and I'm, I'm growing new skin around the same idea that I've been challenged with from the beginning. So I'm going to talk about love as it relates to someone who doesn't know Jesus, someone who isn't a believer in Christ. And just learn like you're new. Act like you don't believe and just say, what, what, what would I have done if I heard this message for the first time? And then I'm going to come into how you do believe in Christ. So if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I challenge you to get to know him right now. Make a decision today to, to come to know him because the benefits outweigh everything you could ever imagine. The kindness of the Lord leads to repentance, which means his kindness is what, what he wants to draw you in with so that you turn away from all these other areas where you're trying to get love that just doesn't hit the spot. 
and it's, and it's just timely. It's like, oh, it's good now. But the shoe's going to drop in the next week when this person lets me down. If you haven't been let down by something else that supplies love, then you're just lying. Because there's only one thing that can give you what you need, and that is God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am an accomplished guy by some definitions. I'm a good coach. I win games when I used to coach youth Little League football. You don't think that's a big deal, but let me tell you, to some people, that, that culture is a big deal. I do well professionally. I've only been fired twice. But, you know, most of the time I just leave to something better. But I make some money. Heck, I just bought a new car. So in some ways, I'm, I'm fairly successful, right? But let me tell you something. Everything I've ever been a part of never felt... I, I never felt like it satisfied me the way that God satisfied me through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's a relationship, too. And you need to understand that, that it's not a rule set. It's not a guideline um, to do, have to do. It's not outside in. You should love better. You should live better. You should work harder. You should love your wife better. She clearly should love you better. Right, guys? That never works because it's outside in. You can try. You can be idealistic and think it's going to work, but you're going to be frustrated and confused and you're going to get bitter. And you're going to really know when you think love comes from someplace that it should and it never does, you may give up on it. Just met a dude yesterday. Tyler Early. Raise your hand, Tyler. Whenever a, my friends bring in a, a, a friend and, and they, they love him or they care about him, and it happens a lot because i got a lot of kids, I ask him, I interview him basically, and I try to do it like in conversation. So I form them. I ask them about their family. I ask them about what do you do occupation-wise? What do you do for recreation? What's your thing? What's your message? What do you stand for? Well, I'm putting this kid through the ringer right here, and he's just talking like I'm asking questions, and he feels loved. He's just blah, blah, blah. And I would say, man, he smiles like that if you see him. Positive force in nature. My son told me that. Got nothing brings the guy down. Well, I would tell you, based on, on listening to his story, he's not getting the kind of love from people and places and things, you know, that he probably wants but he's still hopeful. He's still got a smile on his face. So I just ask him subtly, what's your spiritual connection? So we talked a little bit about that, but here's the thing. If, let's hit this one. So if you don't know Jesus, you have a spirit. The problem is, is you're born without the spirit of God. Your, your spirit is basically limited to the world around you. All right? And it's, it's considered to be unredeemed or dead. Okay? It's a born condition. You didn't earn it. It just... You were born that way, okay? So let's talk about nature as if you were born this way. It's called original sin or whatever. You didn't become this because you messed up the first time at a certain age. You're just born this way. But you were created this way, and it, consider it, what's, or what, what's the point? Why couldn't God just make me perfect? Well, God gives you a choice. He loves you that much. He's going to give you a choice. And you're going to see that here in a second. So you got your spirit, 
That's basically that you got the you got the the, the the section in your in your heart for God. You've got a soul. Well, your dog has a soul. Animals have a soul. That's your. We're going to talk about what that means: mind, will, and emotions. Your dog's got a personality. Okay, he loves you no matter what. It's in, in his nature to love you. But if I said, hey, why don't you go out and buy a pit bull, some of you would be like, oh, man, no, you can't. Pit bulls are dangerous. Well, I've got people that will tell you, no, they're not. Not if you love them. Not if you train them right, if you teach them right. I've got people that would say, I will buy a pit bull, and I will let it play with my baby. Well, I don't know about pit bulls. So I'm like, I no. But I'm just telling you, you have a soul. A dog has a soul. A dog can love, okay? Because he can choose to love. He can choose to hate. He can choose to be angry. He can choose to be scared. I've seen him do it. Next, inner man. This is who you are. So why is the heart, why is love so important? Why is the heart the symbol of love? Why is it, why, why is it in, what does it even mean? It's like your heart it doesn't even have a brain. It doesn't have sense. So we use the heart because it's the deepest middle part of you. It's the inner man. It is the thing in the center of your chest, okay? If you've got, uh, go to a gun range, right there, center mass, the life of a person is considered to be in the middle of his chest, or a woman, your heart, okay? That's why the heart, okay, the inner man. If you don't know Jesus, you can be considered a sinner man or a sinner woman, which means you were born into sin. It's your nature to sin. You've got, you're under the penalty of sin. You're under the consequence of sin. Sin is a problem for those who don't know Jesus Christ. Next. We're made up of three parts. It comes from this verse up here in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I don't want to get too technical here, but I just want to give you some groundwork on, on where the battles won or where love comes from or where it generates, where it happens. In the spirit, when you're born, you're, you're born separated from God, you're born with an independent soul. That's why people are self-seeking. They're self-seeking because they're independent from God. The body's neutral. Are natural. I mean, it's, it's, it's a temporary thing. You're going to die, okay? You, everyone, no one's cheated that except a couple glorious people that got lifted up to heaven. But um, right now, as far as you're concerned, that's the problem. This is the answer. The cross was the answer. The cross came in. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, okay? Which means that's, if you take the left side of the cross, you talk about the blood of Christ, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The sins that you have, that you've done in the past, in the present, and in the future are all taken care of on that cross right there 2,000 years ago. The left side. But generally that's where a believer stops. Jesus has more than that. He's going to take that part that you have and he's going to replace it with a new heart so that on the right side of that cross, and I'm just using this for illustration, so that you can love. At the highest level, what you can't do on your own, you can do through Christ, through God. You can still love if you don't know Jesus. You can. I told you a dog can love. He comes up and he's almost, the tails are wagging. That's why people have dogs, because they can count on that love. Shoot, some, some dogs love way better than humans. You guys know that. You know people that have... A lot of dogs, you know, like if you got four or five cats, you know, that's because you don't get enough love or you didn't get enough love or you've got something that you can't rely on people because, let's face it, who grew up with the perfect life? Who grew up with the perfect parents that loved you perfectly? 
If there's anyone that raises their hand, I would say you're lying because you wouldn't even need to be here. Anyway, next. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, something happens. You see, it's a different color heart just to illustrate that that's new. You get a brand new heart that God gives you. You receive in the arrow into your dead spirit. You get the Holy Spirit. Jesus comes into your soul. And now you have a new heart and you become a new creation. Okay? This just is true. Okay? You become something new. And what you get is you get unified in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And something happens that's just a miracle. You become a new person. You've heard born again. Next. Your spirit is joined and complete with God the Father through the Son. I challenge you, if you don't believe me, it's, it is so obnoxiously over and over in the Bible. Read the book of John. We've been going through that. It's, it's clear. You, you'll see it. It's, it starts to jump out at you because you, you know, now you have the Spirit. You see it. Joined and complete in your soul. He takes care of your person, who you are, your personality. Okay? He reserves your body for future glory. That's the good news. That's the good news. Next. Your soul, though, is where faith happens. Faith is the front door to walking in a relationship with God. That's love. It's not love if I impose it on you and you don't have a choice. But if God reaches down to me and he says, I've given you my son, I've given you an invitation. I put all these rules in the back of the Bible, in the middle of the Bible, to show you you can't do it yourself. I've given you relationships with people that have hurt you and have disappointed you to show you that you can't find love there. Everything has a, has a time and a place. And if it's not of Jesus, if it's not of God, it's not eternal. It's not something you can count on and rest in. And if you don't know that by now, man, you're just too hurt to get it, you know, and some people are. But it's only love that's going to bring them to that. So it's going to be people to continue to show them there is something different. That's, that's us. So the, 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 the thinker in the soul, this is where faith happens. This is where choice happens. This is where you have the choice to love. Some people don't even have the choice to receive love, they think. They're so hurt they don't receive love. You can give them love all you want, they just don't take it. Okay? So you have to receive it. You've also got to be willing to give it. Okay? So you got your thinker, your chooser, your feeler. Love, to me, is a thinking man's game. First, it is agape love. Agape love in the Bible is used several times, like over and over, over 150 times. I used to think it was an unconditional love that only came from God. Anyone ever heard that, or was it just me? Has anyone ever heard that agape love is the unconditional? I got blown apart this week. It says, non-believers agape this. It said, men loved agape the darkness. I'm like, wait, wait, how could that be? And then I kept digging. It, it talks about the Pharisees agape the higher seats of power. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That can't be true because my framework is here and this is where the crisis came in. I'm like, well, if it's not what I thought it was, then what is it? 
He says it's an act of the will. He goes, just look at it as with your mind, will, and emotions, your part of your soul. Think about agape as more of a will-based, a will-based faith where you have a choice, where you're making choices. And you make choices based on what's valuable. So agape is what do you value? I value my new car. So when I say I love my new car, I can say I agape my car, okay, because I value it. But since I really like it, I can say I phileo my car. I, I have phileo karos, okay, which is the Greek word for loving your car. My son has phileo karos. What do you value? What do you love? That's really not Greek words. I was making that up if you didn't know. Um, so then I'm going to change my angle. How do I look at love now? Okay. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means God valued the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, I'm part of that. I'm in that. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God values me enough to give his only son. And you may be flipping about that. You may say, yeah, he did, but he came back to life, so it wasn't a big deal. Have you seen the passion? Have you seen or read what happened to his son? I can't watch it. I, I watched it once, and it ripped me in half, and I can't watch it again. God loved me so much that he, he allowed himself, his son, to go through that, and, and a lot more. That's value, right? Well, I feel that, okay? But let's take it above the... Let's take, let's take the cinnamon out of it. Let's take, let's take the heart-shaped box and chocolates out of it. How about this? How about God valued me so much that he gave his only begotten son, that he, he valued me that way? Now, take what you value, and what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Now, listen. I know people that love their dog so much that they've spent over $20,000 on cancer treatment for their dog. I know a person individually, personally, that has done that. All right? Think what you want about that. But what you can't say and what no one would say is that woman doesn't love her dog. No one would say that. So it's a choice that she put value in that dog and she spent the money. Okay? That's interesting. You don't see that very often. Never seen it. Probably never see it again. So, if God values you so much that he did that for your son, and I know God and he's living in me and I'm supposed to be aligned with him on how I think, my soul, what about the person I don't like? Oh, wait a minute. Are you telling me I need to love people I don't like? I can't do that. I can't love my ex-wife. I can't love my ex-husband. I can't love my brother who rejects me on the, and is insulting. Can't do it. Sorry, too close to home. Right? Wait a second. Now you're getting too close. Now, where's the warm, fuzzy love stuff we were just talking about, right? Yeah, no, no, this is love. Here, here's, this is love. This is my week of love. Here's, if I'm being intense here or down, down to the brass tacks, it's important. I can love my enemies. I can choose to. But I've got to place a value on them in order to do it. Now, if I'm going to love my enemies or someone I don't like, 
then I've got to decide, am I going to take my view or am I going to take God's view on that, knowing that I'm in Christ? I may not be aligned with God in my mind. I might not be thinking right here. But if I think about how much he values every human being that you lock eyes with or that you'll lock eyes with, then I might choose to love them in spite of how I feel. Now, what the nice thing is, is this counselor that we're talking about, the Holy Spirit that God places into your soul and into your heart and into your spirit, and you become renewed, you start moving in that direction of aligning your mind with God, He's going to supply the ability. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a promise, people. That's a promise. So so I'm going to challenge you if you can just maybe... Elevate your love game a little bit or be encouraged to love more. That's, that's the only, only reason I'm, I'm talking about it. Now, John 3.19. Let's just go back for one. John uh, says, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. <laughs> There's the choice. Some people choose them, the darkness. They choose to be without God. They choose that. That's not your choice. That's their choice. But your choice should be aligned with God's. You have the freedom. For it was for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. You're free not to love them. You have a choice not to love somebody that's unlovable. And everybody should be thinking of somebody right now, right? Do you have that person in mind? Or did you go, no, 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 not ready for that one. Nope, 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 nope. Ah, this one I think I could. Man, go back to that one. Go back to the impossible one. I challenge you with that because as you peel the onion on love and the Word and the Bible, you're going to find out that it is possible. And you should because that's where things happen. Love conquers what? I don't even think that's in the Bible, but that's what people say. So, next, okay. John 3.16, you know that guy? I just thought that was funny, so we can go to the next one. <laughs> All right, here's some quick verses for agapeo. Agapeo is that verb form of love. So, so, so love comes in two ways in the Bible. It comes in the noun form. It also comes in the verb form. Here's some quick ones. We're going to buzz through these. So this is a commandment that we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, and we love one another. God loved us first so that we could love him, okay? And then once we love him, we can love one another. Do you know what the two, first two commandments are in the Bible in the Old Testament that was set up to be impossible to follow? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The law was ministered to people to say, this is too impossible to do. You can't, even, you can't get through the first two without breaking the Ten Commandments in, the, in, in 30 minutes of your day. Just get in your car and drive in Fishers. You're going to find that out real quick. But what the law couldn't do, those rules, God did through his son. So, John 4, 7, 8. There's a bunch of love stuff in here. If you want to read about love, the book of John, the gospel of John, and 1 John. Or you can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where every wedding they roll this stuff out like agnosium. But if you read it as it relates to the love of God that is possible through you as you walk by faith, it, it takes on new meaning. Uh, Let's love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God. That's agapeo. So you've got agape, and there it says, uh, let us love one another. For love, that's the noun agape. That's agape, is from God. 
It says, the one who does not love does not, that's agapeo, does not know God, for God is agape. God is love in its purest form. And his purest form can indwell your being, your heart. It's a choice. It's free. Next. Agape, another one. For I'm convinced, and now these are encouraging verses too. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of. The love of God is a noun, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whenever somebody says, I've left the faith, or I don't believe anymore, or I have to question, did you really believe it to start with? Or did you not believe what he says is true? And you're not walking by faith if you think God is putting these conditions on you once you become his child. Imagine the best moment your parent ever gave you as far as just giving you what you needed for your good, loving you with a solid commitment. And know that God loves you way more than that. More than you could ever explain. It is amazing. Next. Philos. Philios. Filios automotivos, the love of a vehicle. Still not true. You can attach a compound to the end of the word philos, and you're going to get philanthropy, the love of mankind. You're going to get um, what? There's some, uh, uh, yeah, a philanthropist, or there's you know Philadelphia. You've heard that. This doesn't just mean the, the brotherly love. It doesn't. It just doesn't. But what it does mean is that there's a cherish. Now you're starting to throw some emotion behind things that drive the action of the verb form of philos. Okay? Look at this. Some people didn't know this. They would say in their framework that a God just agape loves. But man, human love is philos. Well, then explain this to me. For the father, philos, the son... Wait a minute. I thought, why didn't he say agape there? Well, he says agape in a lot of other places. But now, he's taken the love, which is more of the will. It's a commitment. He sees the value in the son, but he also is bringing his feelings in. That's what philos is. bringing emotional cherish. He cherishes. All right? For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. John 16, 17. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Next. This is just some more. Philios, the verb, okay? Or unloving, unreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal haters of good, uh, good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Those whom I love, this is Jesus, I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. God loves you with a commitment, with an unemotional will commitment. He also cherishes us. He loves us with, his, with an emotion. It's okay. You really can't have philos without that agape. But you can't have agape without the philos. You can love your enemies. You can love those that hate you. You can love people you don't like. You can love. And all that just means is you put a value on them and you treat them in a way on how they should be treated through the Spirit. 
All right, I think uh, I'm going to shut down the, uh, the, the verses and kind of close us up here. It's kind of a nerve-wracking deal to be up here talking. <laughs> was it good? Was it not good? I got people that would lie to me and tell me it was good. I want to talk about my friend Jeremy here just for a second. So I, I didn't know him. I did, so I, he made a, an impression or whatever that just didn't set with me. So then he comes in and he wants to be, learn how to box and talk about boxing. So now I'm spending time with him. And it took like five minutes to go, holy, I was wrong about this guy. But I still had my old thought, and I'm like, eh, this is, we'll try him out the next time. Well, man, after, he, he won me over quick. And so now, not only do I, I, I do value him, because he's, I loved him anyway. I just didn't like him, right? But now I like him. And now he's loving me with a filios love, with emotion, which means he, I could tell he enjoys being around me. I know I enjoy being around him. So we would go box. We would box. We would actually spar. And when you spar, there's a responsible way to spar, and you try not to win. You just try to, you know, you, tr- you try to just compete and work on your technique. We're not really, it's not really possible for us to do that, so we have to try to win. So there's another guy. Is Ryan in here? Where's Ryan? He didn't come. All right. Ryan is another guy we would box with. Love the guy. He's a brother in Christ. We value him. We agape him. We agape him. We got, and we actually we philos him. But guess what? When you punch Ryan in the face, the philos goes out the window. <laughs> it goes out completely out the window. He goes into Filios Revengios. <laughs> uh, the nice thing about Ryan is he's just not as big as Jeremy and I. So when this would happen and he would start to try to hurt us, and he decided to allow deception into his heart and then try to sin against his brothers, we were delighted. <laughs> oh. Because he would have to over-apologize later, and he would, and it would be glorious, and it would be like, here he goes, you know he's going to call us later. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you talk about real love. You're in there, and I'll tell you, this guy right here, there's a certain level where you can box and be around people where there's there's some understanding, because you're trusting each other. You're trusting each other. Now, both of us had agreements that if... If we're going to win, we're going to win. And so every now and then what would happen is you'd get caught with a punch. And you'd get caught like, pow, like, boom. And it would hurt. And it... <sighs> My brother here. Whenever that would happen to me. Would raise his hands like this and go, woo! Woo! It was all good. And I would be like, son of a gun, you got me. <laughs> anyway, it's fun. Love it ain't that deep as it relates to framing it in a certain perfect way. It's not. Don't do that. I'm just growing. I was sure about my framework three days ago. 
And I could give you a coin flat answer that might not even touch you or make sense to you. And honestly, I've been loving people for a long time. But all of a sudden, man, I can love deeper now because something God showed me this week is I see, I see everyone that I lock eyes with when I'm thinking about who I am and who God is and what He's made me, that He values them. And therefore, I value them. So when I get, I get treated poorly, if I'm thinking about God, if I just tilt my head a little bit and say, Lord, then I have agape love for them because His love flows in and through me. The impossible becomes possible. You see that? Sometimes love is hard. Sometimes you mean, it means that you have to be honest with people. You're not doing doing them any favors if you're not. Love looks different. Sometimes love is is painful. Love is difficult. If you've ever had a child that struggled with some deep stuff, you know what I'm talking about. There are times when love means that you have to separate. Sometimes love means when you have to say the thing that's going to hurt them emotionally the most. And and it I can't explain it. If you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. So don't, don't think love looks like it's supposed to be all happy and loving and emotional. Because it's not. I would tell you all, love is a commitment. At the highest order. A commitment. That's how I describe love. If I was only given one word, I would throw out the philos. I would throw out, I would throw out the... Uh, the, the flowery, and I would go with straight commitment. And I would say, the commitment to love you is at the highest order, which means I'm going to have to pull it from the Father, by the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can do anything if God does it through me. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we lift you up in prayer. We just thank you. Our thanks is for what you have done in us. You have created so much power and love in us because you're in us. Father, I pray if someone doesn't know you, if they haven't invited you in, if they haven't decided to put their life and trust in you, I pray that you let them know that they are a moment away from being new, regenerated with that same power that I'm talking about. It's the kindness of the Lord that turns people to you. So, Father, help us to be kind to people by just allowing your life to live through us. May we be the fruit of your Spirit in how we treat people and the aroma we leave behind because we've loved them at the highest order. We can do this in your name. We can do this by your power and strength. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray all these things and all the people said, Amen. All right.